The Dad Drinking Podcast is brought to you by Side Project Jerky. If you ever wanted to taste what real beef jerky tastes like, go to sideprojectjerky.com. And order now. 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 Welcome back to Dad Drinking. This is episode four of season two, also known as episode 22. I am Marcos. And I am Jim, and we've been dads since 2009. Which happens to be a very long fucking time. Uh, Yes, it has been a long time. You can find us, if you're so inclined, on various social media, including Instagram and Twitter, at Dad Drinking. You can find Marcos at Fidel Gastro on both platforms as well. And you can see my profile, uh, but nothing else. At He's JF, so private. At JF Cosgrove 9. Marcus, what are we doing today? So, we are very, very happy to announce that we have a guest for you guys. A young gentleman by the name of Daniel Endicott, who is brewer, owner of Forest and Main Beers. Welcome, Daniel. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. We are so psyched to uh, talk about your beers, which is what we're doing tonight. Um, Danny, where can we find you on social media? I'm on Instagram at uh, danend81, and uh, Forest of Maine also is on Instagram at Forest of Maine, and uh, we're on Facebook as well, but that's boring. Um, so <laughs> go to Instagram. <laughs> How many how many Russian bot followers do you guys have <laughs> touting think, uh, touting Forest and Maine's beers? Seventeen thousand. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's <laughs> yeah. more bots than it's we not have. Not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Well, welcome, Daniel. We got a great episode planned for you tonight. Uh, it's going to be all about Daniel and all about Forest and Maine beers and all about what's the uh, well, I guess all about a lot of things. But first and foremost, Jim, what's the best thing that happened to you this past week? Well. I mean, other than having Dan here, yes, um, I, which I want to get into Dan a little bit more, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, this is my best thing. Let's rewind. Let's yeah. rewind. Sorry. My best thing is, Dan, so so are you a father? I think, first I of all, we got to check your credentials at the door here. Yep. This is true. Okay. I pass. Um, you pass. You have, a, you have one child, yep. five and a half five. years old. Yep. Little girl. Um, Excellent. Yep. All right. So you're welcome here. Thank you. This is a safe space <laughs> to discuss both alcohol and fatherhood, um, as well as any of the various Renaissance arts that you pursue and do so well. Um, but we often do a thing here where we talk about the best thing that's happened to us or the best mm-hmm. thing we drank since the last time we met, which happened to be like five short days ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is, this Quick is turnaround a, this time. This is a very tight schedule you're <laughs> keeping us on. I, I'm doing my best. Season two, Dan, just so you know, has been all about tight schedules and tight timing right. on the episodes. So we've been uh, we've been trying to to provide a lot of content for people quickly, but also it, with a length of of basically a commute into Center City if we can. Would you say quickly okay. and succinctly? Succinctly, Ooh. yes, succinctly. efficiently. <laughs> um, but my best thing that I experienced since the last time we spoke was I went to my uh, the goat, my wife, the. Uh, her 15th anniversary or reunion of her college graduation down in Williamsburg. And we had, um, well, they don't really, uh, it's not a real big sports school. They did have what they called the alumni tailgate, which happened during the football game. 
coincidentally. It wasn't like before, it was during. <laughs> um, and they, it's, it's not a football school, right? And they had like a catered event, including a really cool, um, a couple of equivalent of like food trucks, but for, for breweries in, in Virginia. Okay. And they had, they had a really delicious collaboration between uh, Virginia Beer Company and Ocelot Brewing called My Friend, My Friend. Okay. Which is a reference to their excitement that Fish was uh, getting back together for a tour, and they were going to be down in Hampton, Virginia. And these guys, I guess, were going to go and sponsor part of the uh, the tour. People love Fish. Dan, do you like Fish? I did. I mean, I still do, but I yeah. I, I used to be much more into them. Did yeah. you ever travel around with them? Not extensively, but I would like drive several hours. Nice. I never did a tour or anything. Yeah. You know, what was the yeah. furthest you went? You went to Holmdale in New Jersey, I presume. No. I, well, yeah, I did, but probably like uh, upstate New York. What's I that? went to Magna Ball? Hampton. Uh, I never went to the festivals. Okay. Yeah. Not a festival guy. No, just, not a festival. No. That's just that's just. I did intense. one, but it was too much. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that was the best thing I did, and that really made me curious. If I can diverge a little bit here Absolutely. from our normal, By our normal means. thing, yeah, no, um, doesn't matter what the best thing that happened to me was, but let's, <laughs> let's keep going. Well, let's ask Dan. Let's focus on Dan here. I'm kidding. So, so Dan, one of the things that I saw that you brought over, Dan brought over a ton of really delicious beers, um, and one of them was a really cool collaboration. Yes. Note to fellow podcasters: if you want a bounty of beers. Please have Dan Endicott be a guest on your podcast. It's really an embarrassment. It was, it was, riches, it yeah. was an embar- It was yeah. really an obscene amount of beers. Thank you so I, much for that. That's kind of how I go anywhere, though. <laughs> well, so just invite him over. Yeah, yeah exactly. do house appearances. Yeah. So, so um, it got me curious. This was a collaboration of two breweries, right. um, and I just wondered. And you brought over a, a, at least one, I think one um, collaboration as well for us to taste. Yep. How do those happen, and why do those happen? Uh, it's a strange thing. Like, uh, it, it's something that I think is relatively new in the beer world, um, but it's it's something you have to do to stay kind of current in the beer world these days. But it's also a lot of fun. I mean, um, most of the time when you're brewing beer, you're just by yourself in the brewery. It's, it's just manual labor, really. Um, yeah. But uh, when you do a collaboration with someone, you're basically hanging out with friends, you know, right. for eight hours a day, drinking beer. Um, you know, <laughs> that doesn't. But. Suck. Uh, <laughs> But it's cool, too, because you learn stuff. I mean, uh, as universal as the brewing world is and with the Internet now, like there are no secrets. Everyone kind of knows how to make hazy IPA or make right. whatever the new beer is. It's, you know, it's not like 500 years ago where there were just trade secrets. Um, right. But there's still little things that everyone does differently um, with the, within each brewery or just different use of ingredients, tricks, whatever. Um, so that's the best part. For me, with collaborations, so you just find out trade like, secrets. yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. this is how Marcos <laughs> right. boils beer, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so that, that's the real fun part about it. But the way they come about it is, I don't know. It's it's, I almost, you know, make it a, akin to like dating, like you, you kind of yeah, like, yeah. especially with Instagram and like, and you kind of like strike up a friendship and you go slow and just like you know, comment on stuff, swipe right, right on Citra hops, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Cinder. And you find out you're both into this similar things, yeah. and you know, it's like, hey, you know, if you're ever in town, why don't you stop by and hang out? Um, Are there yeah. like I think I mean when I when I look at the the brewing like you know the craft beer scene right, it's especially in Philadelphia and, mm-hmm. and beyond, 
everybody really loves everybody else. Is there mm-hmm. any sort of beefs, or I guess do you kind of organically just kind of find, like yeah. you say, like with the dating, like you, you find these these other brewers and they kind of have a similar, right. I guess, mission or aesthetic? If, if No, it's a strangely like welcoming industry for, yeah. you know, like it, technically it's like your competition. Um, right. You know, but everyone's pretty welcoming to each other. Although I think that may change now as there are more and more breweries. and Yeah, it'll become it, more 90s hip-hop. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, but it used to be like, hey, that, like the brewery, you know, 50 miles from here, like we're totally willing to help you out with anything, but like they're not going to, you know, they're not really in direct competition with you. Um, yeah. But as, you know, like, as the market becomes saturated, that may change. The other thing I've seen is a lot of, Independent breweries are selling out to bigger breweries, yeah, um, and then they're kind of like pariahs, like they they get outcast. And that's oh really? Um, that's, yeah. a, that's a very real mm-hmm. thing, right? And I think is it, I guess is is the challenge. I mean, for for some people, I mean, is that a way for them to survive? And I mean, I don't blame either side. The people that are judging them for selling out, or the people yeah. that sold out. I mean, it's like you know, if someone came to Jared and myself and offered us like three billion dollars, yeah. right? Yeah. I would, you know, I'm out. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think I, don't I love think my brewery. Anyone, I love my, you know, but like, yeah, I can retire. Exactly. Know? I don't think um, anyone would call you a sellout. No, and like, at the end of the day, I think there's a weird thing about brewers or breweries. I think people think we're like not in it as a business or a way to like provide for our families and to get back to like dad drinking. You know, it's like we have kids. It's, right. You know, right. At the end of the day, this is a business, and we have to make money and you know put food on the table, or it's you know why are we doing it? Um, so. I don't understand when people like really lash, lash out at these people who just basically sold their business. They opened a business, they grew it to a certain point, and they yeah, sold they it. They had success. Which right. is what most people do. Right. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, um, aside, like, I mean, if you're, you know, a company man, which I guess I kind of am, right? I mean, I, I think of the three of us, I'm like the biggest company <laughs> man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, right? I mean, I think that's the plan for there most people. Was, right. I mean, if you're going to be in business for yourself, yeah. I mean, What's Obviously your retirement there's, option? There's an ex- exit strategy, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, that's um, so yeah. I don't blame anyone for doing it, and uh, you know, especially because the way most of these people do it is they sell like a fifty percent stake in it to like Heineken or something, but they still have operating, like they yeah. still operate their company, and you know, for all intents and purposes, they're still ex brewery doing their cool thing. Right, right. They're right. just getting, but, they're just getting an inexpensive. A, uh, set of resources right. that don't, yeah. you know, it's not interest bearing. It's yeah. just equity. It's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we could go further into it, but it, it gets, there are some weird politics that come into it with bigger breweries like Heineken and other AB and Bev who like have some weird shady actions where they try and like price cut, you know, price cut people and yeah. like you'll never get your keg on tap. No, no, I, so you know, there is like that darker side to it my uh a, a very good friend of mine from from growing up was was one of the first people that had kind of you know pulled back the veil on that whole thing with uh, you know at, at the time it was just anheuser-busch and he, mm-hmm. he's he refused flat out refused he's like i'm not drinking budweiser yeah. was like, i was like come on dude, stupid, like, let's just drink some beers and he's like he's like no like you, you don't understand mm-hmm. like they, they they go in and they they just tell people we're not going to put our beer on draft right. if you're going to put this other beer on draft, and then I, I, you know I think that's blown up on their in, the, in their faces oh, now because yeah, no one wants doubt. to yeah. go. When I was down in Williamsburg this weekend, I had the the opposite um, experience when it came to going out after the the alumni tailgate. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> instead of having like some delicious, interesting 
collaboration craft IPA, mm-hmm. I had um, pitchers of Bud Light in eight ounce plastic cups. Mm. Um, so <laughs> it was fun. It was yeah. good, like reminiscing back when you used to have to drink that in college because there was nothing else. Right. Um, at least our age, like back then, there was no such thing as like the craft beer scene, mm-hmm. really. No, no. I, I remember actually because like. As Jim is always, you know, first to point out, but this, I'm did actually you, first did you go to Pennsylvania? I, I, went, I went to the University of Pennsylvania, wow. <laughs> which happened to be an Ivy League school. <laughs> but we would go to White Dog, and White oh, okay, Dog was yeah. one of the first places that had um, yep. craft beer back then. It was called microbrew, right? Mm-hmm. But I remember drinking stouts yeah. and Dogfish Head. I remember drinking Dogfish Head chicory stout, and it was just mind blowing. Yeah. It was so good. Mm-hmm. But then we were also poor, so we would just kind of drink whatever. And then, yeah. you know, you, you're, you're a junior and senior, you graduate college, and then all of a sudden you're drinking Long Island iced teas because you're trying to get as drunk <laughs> as possible for the least amount of money. <laughs> but in any event, the, this, this whole concept of, of selling out, um, do you – are there beers you won't drink now that, that uh, are, have become, like you said, like these pariahs? I don't think so, no. I mean um – those, I probably didn't drink those beers to begin with. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I will drink a Coors Banquet. That's pretty awesome. It's beer. a delicious um, beer. Yeah, yeah. But, I like the um, packaging is nice. I think it's it cool. Yeah, yeah, I do love that. Um, but no, I don't. I don't know. I I don't go out much. I don't find myself like making that decision often. Yeah. You know. Um, so so no, I would. You know. Yeah. Um, and again, I I don't hold against these people for doing that business. You know, as a business decision they made. Of course, um, yeah. But I do get the issue that people have with their uh, the actions of the bigger company. You know, I got it. Um, so, Dan, what's speaking of Coors Banquet mm-hmm. um, and and things you like and things you don't like? What's the best thing that you consumed uh, recently? I think it was this beer from um, Half Acre. We were just out in Chicago. I guess not this past weekend, but the weekend before. Um, we. We're very honored to go out there and pour beer at one of their fe- their very first festival where they invited oh, cool. other brewers. Um, so we're now are they still independently owned? They are, yes, okay. yeah, very much so. Um, so they had a fresh hopped beer. So they they'd gone and picked. I don't know if they picked it, but regardless, they're like very fresh hops, just like straight from the. They had some field. Benedictine um, monks going yeah. into the mountains <laughs> yeah. and picking um, the hops, and they ran the whole <laughs> batch of beer like through this big, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, a pot where they. You know, basically filtered it through the hops. Okay. Um, and uh, it was just, it was an awesome beer. Um, yeah. Just like crazy, amazing, like just green hop flavor um, in the best way. Um, so it was like so a pale ale style? It was an IPA. Yeah. IPA. Um, yeah. Um, really nice beer. And would you consider you yourself a, a hop head? Is that kind yeah, of I think a so. yeah. requirement um, to be, yeah. becoming a brewer? I, like or? Uh, I don't think so. What was, your, what was your gateway beer? What, what? Yards <laughs> ESA, without a doubt. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. ESA, like, not the B. No, that, they call theirs ESA. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing beer. Um, I haven't had that in um, forever. They don't, I don't, I don't think, think they package they, it anymore. I don't think they make it. Really? Yeah. I was sad to hear that. Um, they still brew it, I believe, but I don't think they bottle it. I re- was really hoping they would can it, but um, yeah. no. It's, so you think you can get it at the Front Street location? I believe so. Okay. I think that's what... I actually met with one of the, like, I'm friends with one of the brewers. Oh, they're on Spring Garden now. Oh, are they? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, our local beer distributor in Ambler was like, yeah, I don't think they're going to make that beer anymore. That's a bummer. And I immediately went back and sent him a message. It's like, you can't stop making the essay. It's like, no, don't worry. I think, you know. 
Now, is that a um, style that, that you like to brew? What what's uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm, like, my heart in terms of brewing is in, like, British-style beers. Yeah. That very much, that's like an ESB. You know, they call it ESA. Um, I forget the explanation, but it's an ESB, I think, is what, what they would say. And that stands um, just for the, the cocktail fans that stumbled into yet another beer episode here. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, sorry, guys. That, that um, means extra special bitters, right? Extra special bitter. Bitter, bitter, sorry. Bitters and bitter, I mean, I... See, this is where I'll show my ignorance. I know nothing about cocktails. Okay. I told Marcos earlier, it's like, you know, I, I've probably had like <coughs> two or three cocktails in my life. Um, wow. Different cocktails. You should, you should come yeah. back. You should yeah. come back. Yeah, right. We'll help you yeah, um, back. We'll, we'll, we'll school you on the cocktails. I do enjoy them, um, but yeah. I just, I never order them really. Like, I don't go out much. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, but yeah, I joked. I was like, yeah, I would either make like a dark and stormy or gin and tonic, so... Dark and Stormy, those are, those are both yeah. uh, some of our favorites. But so I wouldn't have known choice. how to make a good Dark and Stormy. I just would have like, you know, got the goslings and dumped them. Well, that's a good start. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you should maybe just do this podcast. I'll leave. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> You're on the right track. But to get back to answering your question, I have no idea like, you know, to differentiate bitter from bitters, aside from one's beer and one's not. Okay. Like, you know, um, I couldn't tell you how bitters are actually made. Uh, okay, but they are. So, so the what are the bitters so, that you add to beer? And maybe hops, we can, really. But oh, so they're hops. Okay, so, so they're not. To, they're not like an aromatized. No, like, no, no. And to get like wine. dorkier on you, it's um. So That's the, what we're here for the bitter. So there are like several, three different like classes of bitters. There's just like ordinary bitter, extra special bitter. Okay. Um, then, no, uh, there's bitter, ordinary bitter, ESB. Okay. It's like three different levels based on the alcohol content, pretty much. But then bitter, the the only reason they include that word in the beer name is to differentiate differentiate it from porters and stouts. I okay. see. In the history of English beer. I see. So, okay. if I were to give you a bitter right now, next to this beer, you would not think it was bitter. Right. In fact, so most of the ESPs I drink malty are malty. And, exactly. Yeah, I mean, they're beautiful beers. Um, yeah. But yeah, when when we have them on hand pump at the pub. You know, if someone comes in, they don't know, and you're like, yeah, you want to find a bitter? Like, ah, I don't like bitter beers. Um, right. So it's, it turns a lot of people off. Um, They're expecting but, something. You know. I think, I think, and I'm, me personally, too, I really appreciate the, the fizz in a beer, and I think that's just mm-hmm. from, you know, growing up in America. And I remember early on with, with craft beers or Again, mm-hmm. I'm going to say microbrew again because that's what they used to be called. A lot of the brewers would would brew them with a, with very low carbonation. Yeah, I mean historically that's how they are. Yeah, um, they're served on like on cask or hand pump, mm-hmm. and yeah, just like much lower level carbonation. I mean, and much warmer too. Yeah, yeah, much but, to the chagrin of Johnny Mac. <laughs> I mean, they, these beers, if if they're highly carbonated and ice cold, they taste like nothing, which yeah. some people would appreciate. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, but then if you're if you give that same person the chance to try it warm and less carbonated they might like it better that way they might not but right i know the beer really sings at like a 45 50 degrees and yeah. lower carbonation interesting so you studied brewing in britain correct i did yeah okay um, so i'd already known you went to, to the equivalent of the university of pennsylvania in definitely britain. Yeah. yes um, <laughs> you're an robe, ivy league brewer we're robed the whole time so what's the difference between the style of brewing in britain if there is any with yeah. with how you would do it at forest of maine or, or I mean, how um, someone would do it here in the states, if if you actually. I'd say do traditional it. British brewing and the way it's done here are like pretty different. Um, I mean, it was a big eye opener for me back then. Like they, they have an old way of making beer, which is like 
it's sort it's much simpler than we than the way we make ah, make beer over here. Um, just like they kind of capture all the all the byproducts of beer, like the carbonation, like whereas we would you know ferment beer out all the way and then artificially carbonate. They put it in, they package it before it's done fermenting, okay. and they know how much sugar is left in there, so they know that by the time and they send the beer out in a keg to the pub before it's even done carbonating. Wow. Yeah. So I remember like you know sending beer on a pallet off to a pub and there's like hissing coming out of like the really the little like wooden bung that was driven on the side of it. That's like it's crazy. fermenting as it's sitting on the pallet being shipped to the pub down the street. Wow. And they were probably going to drink it like 2 days later. That would be perfect. Yeah. And they they would joke that like they would get kegs back within a week from when the beer was brewed. So like brew the beer like 4 days later they're putting it in the cask. They're sending the cask off. It sits for like a day at the pub. They drink it that weekend, send it back. Wow. Like wow. It's just a beautifully simple system. That's you know, um, but it requires logistics. It is, yeah, but it requires that someone at the pub knows how to treat that beer and to handle that beer, and it's not just like you know putting a keg or tapping right. a keg and yeah. you know pouring cold pints. Um, it's like a, it it is in some ways a much simpler system, but a much more complex system. Yeah, um, you know, it's just like it's a living thing. It's a, you know, it's like cheese or something else where you just you need to know when it's right or not right. Yeah, um, you know, that's crazy. So, so you're saying that in the British style, at least the old British style, mm -hmm. there was, it, it's more of an, there's more of an immediacy to it, whereas the way we do it is designed to travel long distances or right. to we, be like, consumed we later. filter it or, we, right. you know, we, yeah, like we're packaging beer to have it sit on, we're not, but bigger breweries in America are packaging beer. People in America. Um, yeah, yeah, to like, <laughs> they package beer to sit on the shelf and be good three months later, six months later. Right. Whereas in England, that's just... You know, historically that doesn't happen, or it didn't happen. Now it does. Um, but yeah, they just like they just worked with the way beer was made, and instead of making things harder and adding more equipment, and you know, even if that increased the shelf life of the beer, they, you know, it's just an easier way to do it. Yeah. Like, and this all comes from like the old, you know, grassroots way of making beer, where it's like, yeah, someone was making beer in their barn. And then yeah. they kind of like improved things a little bit, and now they're selling beer. You know, hundred years later. You know. And so, do you at Forest in Maine? Do you kind of try and stick to that philosophy? Um, in some sense, we do because we don't really package beer to sit on shelves. I mean, we do package beer, but it's we ask that people keep it cold. And yeah. Um, so, uh, in some ways, yeah, we we make beer very simply um, and try not to overly you know, uh, make things really hard. Yeah, and you've um, recently started canning, yes? Yes, we did, yeah, um, which has made things difficult for us. But Really? <laughs> it's, there's just a lot more you have to pay attention to. I mean, versus, like, some of these Saisons, like the one we'll open, you, you put that into the bottle, it's flat, you add sugar to it, so it carbonates over time. You, um, but the cans, you have to be really conscious of, like, the temperature the beer is at, the carbonation level, so it doesn't foam up too much, but it foams up enough, and... You know, you're putting it through, through this, like, very complex machine that, you know. So I really loved the explosion in canning, or I guess mm -hmm. the reintroduction of canning. I feel like the beers, especially from places like mm -hmm. yours, are, they just have such a brighter freshness. Yeah. And they they just taste better than mm -hmm. things that sit in bottles for a while. I agree. I actually like drinking out of cans as well. Like, I don't have to pour it in a glass. I, I think right, it's, right. it yeah. stays Really it's, nice and tasty. It's the perfect packaging, really. I mean, it, yeah. you know, it doesn't let any light in. 
It's so. You know. So I was actually going to ask you that. Is that I've heard both that it's a real issue and also a myth that light can affect the quality and taste. of No, it's a real issue. Beer. I mean, it um, is. I mean, a beer like this IPA we have on the on the desk right here. If right. Th- if that were in the same green bottle that saison that we'll have in a minute is in, it would taste pretty bad. Um, I mean, uh, light is like the wor- for a hoppy beer, light. Especially sunlight's like the worst thing in the world. It'll okay. sk- they call it skunk in a beer. Yeah. You right. open it, it tastes, it smells and tastes like a skunk. Okay. Um, I thought that was just like rapid changes in temperature, um, but maybe that's that's just more of a myth than really than, than okay. the light. Yeah. The light. Interesting. Scientifically well, we've, proven. We've, we've oh. Mythbusters. Myth, myth <laughs> Mythbusters. Um, <laughs> we got to get a, like some type of drop with that. Like uh, <laughs> some type of spooky sound. Do you want? Do you want some some echo? Yeah. Jim? Give me. I'm gonna say myth busted. Hang on. I gotta go to, I gotta go to twelve. Wait. Turn it all the way up to 11. All right, ready? Go. Myth, Myth busted. Nice. Good job. Thank, thank you. First try. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a, I don't know if the listeners have noticed, but we've had a lot more effects because we have a new mixer and soundboard yeah. in the uh, Dad Drinking Studios, and Marcos has been slowly working uh, to make virtually 75% of our podcast effects and uh, sounds. <laughs> we're, we're just trying to improve on the sound and the quality of the podcast. Yeah, the, I think people the, have noticed the, the that, actually. The production quality is... The value's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Impressive. Thank you. I would agree. Yeah. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> thank so, you very much. So let's, uh, let's talk about some of the beers that we tasted upstairs and maybe the beer that we're going to taste after recording Absolutely. ends. I'm about to open that bottle right now. Oh, you're going to open it now? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so Dan... Um, by the way, do you go prefer Daniel or Dan? Either way, really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I honestly, I know a lot of people say that, but and they, you, they know literally they mean prefer one. But I, yeah. I okay. Really, um, All right. So I'm gonna go with Dan mm-hmm, for works, uh, yeah. economy of uh, letters. Most people that meet me now say Dan. It's like family. They say Daniel. Yeah. So my family, I was Jimmy. Okay. Uh, forever. Well, actually, mm-hmm. little Jimmy. And then when the oldest Jim passed away, then I moved up in the rankings okay. to Jimmy, and uh, I'm go. still Jimmy. Uh, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, so, so we are. Uh, I've been sneaking over here. The where my friend was double IPA. You said earlier that it was a seven and a half percent double IPA um, with Galaxy and Simcoe hops. Mm-hmm. Um, how does this one do you think differ from like the other double IPA or the other IPAs that we've we've tasted tonight, like Rehearsal Dinner or Upwards right. and uh, Always. Did we try? Rehe- oh, we had that one, yeah. Um, yeah, the one with the bird man. The beautiful, right, right. Uh, um, Galaxy is a pretty distinct top. Um, okay. And I'm not as talented as my partner is um, in describing different hop varieties and the, okay. the way they the taste. But um, but Galaxy is one when we put it in a beer, people like they notice crazy it. For it. Yeah, that's um, cool. It's a very. It just like it. It's it's weird how it gives a, a beer mouth feel, whereas other hops don't. Other hops, so, you know. Some hops like piney or more citrus grapefruit, but like Galaxy like contributes hop flavor, but then like a mouthfeel just like gives it this like silky. Yeah, I, actually, you know, I think that um, that that sounds right because the the upwards always and the where my friend was both had. Mm-hmm. You said they both have Galaxy, right? Yep. And I, I mm-hmm. can definitely taste that presence difference yeah. than than the other. It's uh, pretty unique. Um, the other one. And We're talking like, about the, the, the creaminess mm-hmm. or the mouthfeel. The mouthfeel, yeah. Right. yeah, which is one of my favorite alcohol words. Which is something I would <laughs> attribute to the the using of the lactose or the or the flaked oats, right? right? But so this is just all hops. Yeah. Yes, I mean, yeah, uh, that's we, amazing. Yeah, we, we do not put lactose in our IPAs at all. Um, and if we do, we'll be very clear to tell people. But I don't. 
foresee that happening. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, uh, and lactose is basically like a back sweetening of like a beer, you know? Okay. Um, so would it's it make, in, It's a way guess. to ensure, it's, it's unfermentable by beer yeast. So you guarantee that you're gonna keep some amount of sugar in the beer. So any of um, those kind of, I guess, what people say juicy or mm -hmm. I guess, you know, really kind of pulling the citrus out of, mm -hmm. of the hops. Like, is that the purpose of the lactose? I think it's more just like the mouthfeel. Um, uh, yeah, it's like a cream soda versus exactly, a, yeah. a beer, right? Um, yeah. And it probably does work with certain hops more than others um, to get more of those flavors out. Um, but yeah, it's basically just providing body and mouthfeel. Um, so if you had to walk into Forest of Maine today and, mm -hmm. and pick one of your beers to to drink. Mm -hmm. What's your go-to? Uh, and is that that's like um, choosing your favorite child? Yeah, right. Well, I only have one, so, um, so. <laughs> that's easy. Um, <laughs> I would probably pick uh, one of our hand-pulled bitters, like on the on the hand pump. Okay. Um, I couldn't tell you which right now. Um, we have a really good stout on the hand pump. That's good. I like, I like when um, fall comes around and, and yeah. people start putting that stuff back on. Mm -hmm. Stout season's so great. It's really fun. I almost brought a stout for us, but... That's okay. So you, brought, you, yeah. you could not have brought more, <laughs> honestly. Literally, you could not have brought more. Um, so, so can you explain for, for our listeners who may be more cocktail guys, mm -hmm. um, cocktail dads, I should say. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of brewer dads as well, yeah. homebrew yeah. dads. But mm -hmm. um, for those that don't know, what's the difference between your traditional um, keg tap and a hand pump? So to get back to what we were talking about earlier with the lack of carbonation and the warmer temperature, basically the hand pump, when, when you get a beer on draft that's coming from a keg, it's being pushed by CO2. It's coming from a, a cold room at very cold temperature, and the CO2 is pushing into the keg to push the liquid out of the keg to the tap into your glass. With a hand pump, the CO2 does not exist. Um, you're basically siphoning the beer. So you have a keg that's attached on one end to the hand pump where they're, you're pumping beer from, and then the other end is just open to the elements sometimes. So we, which is air pressure, basically. Or, or, or sucking. Yeah, just yeah, siphoning. Um, we have ours hooked up to an ambient CO2, so you're not actually pulling oxygen in, which okay. oxygen is pretty bad for beer. Um, so to prolong the life of the beer, we have this ambient blanket of CO2 that goes onto it, um, which is not traditional. And a lot of, if anyone in England is listening to this, um, oh, yeah. no, <laughs> we don't care about them anyway. <laughs> uh, like tra traditional yeah. cast people would say that's not proper. Um, right, but, but you're also not ripping through right. a keg. I mean, if I, was, yeah, right. if I was in a pub in England that right. could blow through kegs, I would not do that. Exactly. You know? But um, yeah, for the sake of not throwing out half the batch of beer. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, if more people would drink these damn beers, I wouldn't have to do it. But we'll have to come up and, and um, um, maybe do a. We should do a field tasting trip for sure. Yeah, yeah. we love. We um, like to do field trips at the end of the season, um, when yeah. it starts to get warm again. We, nice. we feel adventurous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they'll be on our. If you want to record that on Monday night, we're closed. Oh, oh there we go. Hey. Oh, that would yeah. be fun. That would actually be very nice. That'd be a lot of fun. Maybe we can that. get a. Uh, a, a listener we will have a listener contest to see who can join us. Or we could get Jared on. Yeah. He was <laughs> Dude, I, I've been loving his Instagram stories. Oh, it's amazing. Like, I know. That, he did that golden milk tea thing. Yeah. I was dying laughing. His cowboy hat series was... Oh, he had yeah, a golden yeah. <laughs> His wife apparently just found out about that the other day. Oh, no, She's like, why do, you, why do you always send me the cowboy emoji? He's like, 
because that's my thing. That's <laughs> <laughs> my thing. It's what I do. It's what I do. So, um, go ahead, Marcos. I'm sorry. I was almost stepped on your toes there. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, do we want to right quick sample this? Malarus. Yes, we do. Malarus. But I think while while that gets whilst to whilst. just since we're talking British whilst here, poor. Yes. Um, <laughs> whilst you do that, I will. I would like to ask uh, Daniel, mm. aka Dan, <laughs> uh, what what type of dad drinks mm. and enjoys a Forest and Maine um, beer? We get a lot of dads at the pub, um, and I think I think Ambler in general. Well, I think the craft beer scene in as a as a whole is turning, you know, they get a lot of young families and it's beer doesn't have the stigma of like you're not taking your kid to a bar and right know, drinking like whatever. Right, like you guys allow yeah. double strollers in. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. Um, so I think it's much more acceptable to take a kid to a brewery these days than it ever was. Um, and a brewery is different than a bar. Um, and um, but we get a lot of young families um, and like it seems like first time parents. Nice. And, uh, a lot of transplants, it seems like, from the city. Um, people who, you know, maybe when they decide to have a family, they decide to move out of town. Um, and Ambler is sort of a destination at this point. Right, so Ambler, um, for those of you who are listening and that are not in the Philly area, it is a uh, town northwest of Center City. And it's, it's a really pretty um, and historic suburb. It has a lot of great old architecture and a really cool main street that has a, a very vibrant participation by the locals there. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my favorite things, I think your movie theater in Ambler oh, yeah. has like a Christmas series yes. every winter, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's fun. Movie theater is amazing. You know um, I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah, it's great. I think the oh, movie yeah. theater deserves like credit for revitalizing the town. Um, really? I think they were like the first thing to go in um, that was like, you know, bringing new blood into town. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. hear that they do White Christmas and people yeah. sing along. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have a great series. I mean, um, all kinds of cool like, vintage movies and just fun family stuff. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And you and you were saying, too, that people have actually moved, or people you've spoken to at the brewery have moved specifically for Forest and Maine. They have, yeah. That's amazing. Young and so, old, yeah. So, um, so I'm going to say, we do this mm-hmm. bit where we say what kind of dad... Um, what kind of dad would drink whatever drink we're having? Since we're having so, so many drinks, yeah. obviously, uh, spoiled spoiled beer loving dad is, right. is is one that would come to mind immediately. But what you're saying, it sounds like new suburbanite dad, yeah, um, who is looking for a sophisticated uh, brewery, but doesn't want to live in Center City anymore and wants to bring mm-hmm. his double jogging stroller in for a beer and uh, some good times. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of dad that drinks far to me. I'd say so. Among others. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could mm-hmm. be, you know, maybe new to beer dad, right? Because yeah. I think... I wow. Think He'd be lucky if he's new to beer and he's... We also he's got a lot of, like, new to beer, like, granddads. Ooh. Oh, really? Yeah. They're the, so they're putting down the uh, gansets and they're coming yeah. in for some craft beer? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, that... Yeah, the demographic is definitely stretching upwards these days. That's really great, though. Yeah, I it's like very that. cool. Um, I like yeah. That. I like so that. it's not only a bro thing anymore. No. Beers are not bro. I've learned definitely not, like not to judge you know, like if someone walks up and they're you know whatever they look like or however old they are just yeah you have no idea what this person's beer tastes are or what their beer knowledge is it's amazing these days um, I usually find that the people that are they're shitty about that are are very mm-hmm. quick to not admit it but are are very confident in their their hatred for anything different yes. right it's like yeah. uh, like there there are people that are just like I'm a Coors Light 
right. guy. They'll tell you. And <laughs> and, and it's they're they're shameless about it mm-hmm. and they're probably racist and sexist <laughs> and dicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing against Coors Light except everything. But <laughs> um, so um, before we get into the fast casual. No, I'm not going to do fast casual. I want to know what, what type of dad. Do you have a dad or do you want me to do my dad? You do your dad. Because I was thinking about this tonight while we were we, – we actually sat outside for one of the last tasting sessions of the season outside. It's a full moon. And I got very – Is it werewolf dad? <laughs> I wish. It's not werewolf dad. It's a little bit uh, more an introspective dad who I like to call amateur philosopher dad. Uh, this dad likes to sit outside on a full moon and ponder his existence. It's very meta. Um, he asks very, a lot of whys. Yeah. He, 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 he likes his Sriracha ace uh, hops with a little Soren Kierkegaard, right? <laughs> um, and, but, but this is the perfect – I feel like these Forest of Maine beers are, are complicated enough where you can't just you, – you probably could drink them quickly, but you don't want to because each, each sip – is very tasty and very complicated. Not complicated, but very interesting to explore. Yeah. Much like philosophy, if you don't really know much about philosophy. Right. Right? Right. Somehow. somehow You're not burdened he, with the expectations of, you know. Wake, he wakes up. He's a bug. It's a weird thing, philosophy. <laughs> it's a weird thing. But I, I find that there's there's this this push-pull with, with Forest and Maine beers. Because when I'm at the brewery, I have to drink so fast because I want to try everything. <laughs> right. But when I'm home or, you know, when Dan's hanging out with us on, on my deck, I never want the beer to end, right? So you're right. You're contemplating life. Right. And you're just really savoring these beers. I mean, they're incredibly delicious and incredibly complex. I know. And this sounds like an infomercial for Far Domain, but we actually <laughs> really do enjoy them. And we've been known to uh, not enjoy things, including, yes. <laughs> including <laughs> last week. Last week we had... Uh, or last time we had a, a we did a sampling of pumpkin spice oh. beers, which was fine. It was interesting, yeah. but we did one that was just we we did not <laughs> enjoy so much. Urinal cake. It was like a urinal tasted cake. like yeah. a urinal cake. So well, so, it's nice to hear this the the remarks on the beers because Jared and I I think Jared's my partner. If anyone doesn't know, um, we opened the brewery together, but the beers we set out to make are exactly what you guys were saying, like both complex and simple at the same time. Um, where it's like these British bitters where you could just throw them back all night and not think at all about them. You're hanging out with your friends, you're talking, you know, whatever. Or you could have a pint by yourself. By a fire. Yeah, by a fire. And reading, really like... Reading Shakespeare. You know, yeah. <laughs> and just get deep into this pint of, of bitter. Um, yeah. Same with these saisons or, you know. Like none of the beers we make are so over the top crazy that like you can't just like throw it back. Dan, can you can a bitter? We're going to, yeah. Are you really? Yeah. Nice. When are they going to be released? Uh... Probably around Thanksgiving. Um, Excellent. So, I am. That's. Yeah. I want to. I want to can pump. the bitter, and I want to sit by my fireplace yeah. in my my leather chair. I might read a leather volume. I'm very. Uh, I'm very interested. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it's something we're 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 really excited to do as well. Um, they won't sell, and no one will want them. Um, <laughs> well, we'll buy them. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll buy. Them. I know some guys. Fisky will want one too. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. They'll be great Thanksgiving beers. Um, yeah. So we um we always like to wrap up our show with what we call fast casual, which mm-hmm. is a nod to Marcos's roots in the restaurant industry. This is true. Uh, I said industry, but I meant industry, right? So we, this is like a quick serve style. Mm-hmm. We'll just say the first thing that comes to your head and expound upon it if you feel like it, or just say yes or no. Um, and yeah, we also got 
listener questions. Oh, we did. So, so we can extend this at, oh, like towards the end of the fast casual. Perfect. So I think, Jim, you do your fast casual. I didn't really come up with many fast casuals, so I'm just going to use the listeners. Okay. So, so I'm going to do a couple of fast casuals. Do it. Do it up. Um, so I, I went exploring your Instagram mm-hmm. at uh, DanEnd81, right? And there's a lot of cool artwork on there, and I realized that that's your artwork, right? Yep. It's like it's it's like a combination. Uh, it's it's almost as if um, Modigliani and Mark Mothersbaugh teamed up to make an album cover for uh, a really cool band about bird guys <laughs> and tidy whities. <laughs> <laughs> and what I wanted to know is, um, what were your what were what's your inspiration for your art? That might not be fast or casual. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's a question for a philosopher dad. I'm a right. philosopher dad. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Um, I've always drawn weird bird men. Um, okay. Just people that have like weird tied on beaks or like um, bird pants. Um, tidy whities are just funny. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> are. I love them. I mean, they're also functional, but they're just like, <laughs> they're, they're, just, they're universally, I found, especially after we made glassware and like whatever branding with them on there they're just universally funny i mean like yeah. i get some people come up and they're like you can tell they're they think it's funny but they're like embarrassed to think it's funny just, and they're also wearing on. them probably yeah, probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> let your guard down man come on <laughs> tidy whities they're hilarious um and yeah they've been a hit um but inspiration for artwork i don't i don't know um i feel like i'm more genuine with my art these days than i ever have been and i think that just means like not thinking about where it comes from or what it means. Um, that's awesome. That's that. a good answer. So, so does the art creep into the brewing, or is that purely a professional pursuit? That's. I mean, at this point, I think it's all tied together. Um, yeah. But, which is not to say that like I have much freedom with the brewing. I mean, Jared and I, and I brew whatever we want to, um, but we only do it within a certain limitation. I'm going um, to call you out on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call you on that because I know people that mm-hmm. know you. Um, Hmm. Ethan from Form Mm -hmm. in particular Um, he he said he brewed with you guys and Mm -hmm. it was just it was like well I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do that and then all of a sudden like he he said that that's how you guys brew beer so I guess maybe (laughs) like you just know the limitations already and it's already on autopilot but that was so (laughs) amazing to hear that like there's no recipes I mean I guess there's a malt bill right but yeah but our our malt bills are like 90% probably 95% the same across the board. And it's like, until we pitch a yeast, it's either a Saison or an IPA. Gotcha. Okay. Um, okay. So I guess there yeah, I think, I think that's then. like giving myself and Jared way too much. You're, again, you're making us sound much more glamorous than we are. Um, <laughs> you have fans. That's like watching someone cook in the kitchen. They're like, you know, they know what they're doing. They're like... Right, but it's still art at the end yeah. of the day, right? So that's yeah, what, that what, was where the question came When do you separate art and just like, all right, this guy's made like Eggs Benedict every day of the week and he just like knows what he's doing and he grabs a handful of this or that. It, this is a great segue because one of the listener questions was from one Dean Klein. Oh. And his question, actually he had a few. <laughs> and his first question was mm. art, science, or both? <laughs> I guess when it comes to brewing. Right. Um, I always like to think it's a little bit of both. Um, but I think the stuff that we're in control of as humans is pretty much science. Um, and then I think we give it up to like 
the Birdman control the art. Yeah. Yes. You know, I think we give it up to the yeast, which is, <laughs> in my opinion, where some of the art comes into it. Um, okay. But and I guess you could argue that's still science, you know. But especially for the beers that Forest of Maine makes, I think there's a lot of art in that where we're using wild yeast and, you know, we can kind of control the environment, but we're still giving it up to something that's out of our control. Um, and I don't want to say the yeast or artist, but I think anytime something's not entirely in our control as humans, I like to consider it art a little bit. Um, so I think... Definitely, that's that's why, by the way, we we talk about mezcal all the time on the show. All the time. All the time. But Mm -hmm. it is kind of like the most artistic of the liquors to me because it is out of the control of the humans. It's about the rain that comes the the, mm-hmm. the soil the way they they smoke it underground it's it's amazing yeah. so that's all very interesting but what's more interesting interesting to me is did you buy a mega millions ticket because it's <laughs> it's 1.6 billion dollars several people have told me to yeah um, well, i think you missed word. it was it was 9 9 45 was Damn. the cutoff tonight and we're at 10 15 no i did not i'm sorry well yeah. if i make 1.6 billion i'll throw you a couple bucks thanks yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> we only just when up. I make 1.6 billion. <laughs> All right, last last fast casual for me is juicy IPA or nah? Definitely a thumbs up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Without lactose, though. So no lactose. No lactose. No. Giving the nah to the lactose. All right. I like. What it. about the listeners? What do I, they want to know? I'm gonna I'm gonna switch to some listener questions. Um, we'll we'll keep it brief, but I got a few. So let's finish up with the Dean Klein questions, and then mm-hmm. we'll move on to a couple others. So. After the art and science, Dean would like to know what is the most satisfying part of brewing for you? For me, it's getting the mash tun cleaned out <laughs> and getting the, the uh, grates back in before the boil is over. Um, <laughs> that's probably just like a purely like functional manual labor thing. Um, efficiency. Yeah, efficiency. Um, most satisfactory or satisfying thing is probably when like we put a new bitter on hand pump. Yeah. You know, and pull it through and it's crystal clear and just amazing. It's awesome. I wish people could see Dan right now talking about the the, the bitter. Like it, <laughs> you, you should really go and and explore that beer because it's it's worth it. It's a departure from IPAs, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's something that, you know, is super traditional, cool and hopefully a newer trend coming and up. The the thing I really love about these beers is like beer Nowadays, is so much like buy it, take it home, drink it at home, which is great. It gets less people drinking and driving on the road, you know. Right. But these beers can only be enjoyed at our pub. Like, there's, you can't get a growler full of them. You can't get a can. Hopefully soon you can get a can. But, yeah. But yeah. it'll be a different experience. Entirely. Right. It um, won't be the same But, like, a hand-pulled, right. a hand-pulled pint of bitter is something that you can only experience at the pub. And I think that's a magical thing where, like, you have to be there either by yourself and you're enjoying your solitude time away from everybody or you're with a group of friends you know it's just it's a singular experience you just answered the next question i think which was why english beer (laughs) well there you go yeah (laughs) and that's yeah that's beer in a nutshell to me um we're just yeah Yeah, because brits either want to be very alone or they want to be with a rowdy group of friends yeah in my experience (laughs) with brits Mm -hmm. right (laughs) all right keep going with dean klein here dean you asked a lot of questions damn Damn. what's your deal Mm -hmm. Uh, Maris Otter versus Two Row in a street fight in Kensington. Who wins? No question, Maris Otter. Yeah? Have you ever tried to mash in Maris Otter? <laughs> no question. <laughs> He's good at the fast casual stuff. He is. Huh? Keep going. Rip it. All right. Why did Brambling Cross die? That I cannot answer, but it's very sad. Yeah. She said for our sins. We, <laughs> you know. 
Probably we, first. We cry about it every day. <laughs> All right. Uh, Powell Peralta or Santa Cruz? I don't know. I don't know that either. There are two skateboard brands. Oh. Uh, Come on. I just pretend to be a skateboarder. I'm yeah. Not, yeah. I do, I do too. Although <laughs> my, my son, who's also named yeah. Daniel, um, has, has been, been stepping on the skateboard lately. Hmm. Really? Yeah. It's, wow. It's kind of cool. Yeah. He's like rides it down the thing. Is he goofy? Uh, no, he's regular foot. Okay. I mean, he's goofy, but yeah. <laughs> he's regular foot. I had a brief stint in like seventh grade where a skateboarder, but that was it. Um, yeah. But I, we employ a lot of skateboarders, yeah. so I feel like we get that reputation. That's, I mean, I think um, skateboarders have that brewer, yeah, no. DIY, yeah. punk rock vibe. So I don't know how to answer I, that I think, I think I think the fish connection to brewers is very strong, too, because I have, a, I have a cousin who is um, with Zero Gravity Beer in Vermont. Um, and he, he's like one of the main guys, I think, um, I don't know the exact position, I think one yeah. of the founders, mm-hmm. um, but he spent, spent years following fish yeah. all around the country, maybe the world. Hmm. I don't know. Lost touch with him. And then he popped up <laughs> in zero gravity. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy metal is more prominent than fish. I'll say that. Much. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's Marcos. That's, thing. that's yeah. my, that's my domain. Yeah. I love heavy metal. <laughs> it's so good. Um, ah, listener S. Keith J. S. Keith J. Yes. He, lo- he loves <laughs> he loves the podcast. We love him. Yes. He's he's a good dude. So um he wants to know what you think mm. about pumpkin beers. And whether uh, I wish you, you guys could have seen his face. Very um, very I, pregnant pause. Yeah, we'll we'll take a picture of Dan's face <laughs> for the answer to that question. Um <clears throat> so next question. Is there a beer at Force of Maine that's a, that surprised even you because it was so good? Hmm. That's a lot of questions. Um, the first two I can answer basically. I don't appreciate pumpkin beers at all, but that doesn't mean they're bad. It's just not my thing. Yeah. You know? This guy. Should do you, do you eat pumpkin man. pie at Thanksgiving? I don't. Oh, so see, maybe I'm predisposed to not. Yeah, those spice, that spice profile but is not your spice profile. I just whether <laughs> I liked it or not, I don't. I mean, yeah, truth in that, but I don't think it belongs in beer. Um, Fair. So no, I don't have a favorite. Um, and then a beer that even surprised me. Um, How about this uh, beautiful purple ale? Yeah, that we're trying right now. That was definitely a surprise. Um, it's a Malarus. Is that how you say it? Malarus. Yeah. Malarus. So it's um, purple ale. Yeah, it's named after the bird that's on the label. Um, it's a Latin name for this bird. Um, yeah, that was a definitely a surprise of a beer, and that was a, another that was a collaboration we did, um, which is a really fun beer where things just come up. Spur of the moment as you're hanging out. Um, you guys put pieces of like a Himalayan salt lamp, Himalayan yeah. salt <laughs> lamp into it. It's good. It's got it's got that uh, saltiness of like a it, goes. It does, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Without being super super sour, it's yep. very tasty, um, and the color is cool. It looks like cranberry juice. I yeah. love the funk. Yeah, um, the funk is really good, and it is beautifully colored. But yeah, every now and then uh, we put some of like the barrel aged beers on that I'm not so into, and I'm really surprised at how much I like them. Um, but I can't name a specific one off the top of my head. Okay. There's been a lot. Yeah. There's been a lot. Mm. You guys definitely do a very good job with that. Um, we have more? We have more? Yeah, we have more, yeah. Oh, no, my we, God. This might, yeah, I know we're trying to keep things tight. Let's go. It's tight, but this is fun because yeah, I'm sure people, the, if they know their name's coming up, they'll yeah, stick around. Without stick around. Doubt. Most people um, have already turned off by now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so S. Keith J. would also uh, like more banjo, please. The beer is straight fire emoji. It's a once-a-year thing. Um, <laughs> well, I appreciate his request. Um, yeah, I'll do my best, but All right. it's hard to find local cucumbers in December. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I can imagine. So, 
That's cucumber beer. Um, um, and then he's also wondering if you'll be having another art residency soon. I am doing one, I think, uh, what is it? Um, it's a place downtown I'm doing something in February. Um, Keith Griman invited me to do something. No Keith the at all. The Barnes um, Museum? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, something in February, then I think I'm going down doing like a, not a residency, but um, some show at the Vale in Richmond. In oh, spring. nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Vale um, Brewing. So, yeah. Those guys um, are metalheads, right? They are, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, now, but, you've been going to these beer, I've, I've been mm-hmm. seeing you've been going to like beer festivals now, yeah. which is really exciting. It's been a busy time of year for us. Um, That's so, so cool. Yeah. Next weekend, we go to Burial down in Nashville. Um, so. Also metalheads. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It really, it's <laughs> pervasive. <laughs> it is. It's pervasive. Oh, okay. So last question from from the guest questions mm-hmm. from Johnny Mack, former guest on the yeah. podcast. Who, who uh, To whom Marco served a warm harpoon beer by mistake. I, and he's never heard the end of it. I, <laughs> I was late getting the beers in the fridge. I put them in the freezer and it wasn't cold enough. For him, for him. For him. Right. All right. He's but, not going to do a hand pump right. bitter, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. yeah. So, so Johnny, if you're listening, maybe try a hand pump beer every now and again. <laughs> so his question is, one. how do you feel about warm beer? No, really? Seriously, though, <laughs> would you drink a warm beer out of politeness, or would you drink a warm because a warm beer is better than no beer at all? Asking for a friend who once drank a warm beer. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to step up over that. I had no well, I, idea. I, I, Sorry, I know entirely Johnny. too much to answer this question. <laughs> but I like warm beer, so yeah. you know, I would happily drink a warm beer. Take that, Johnny Mac. Yeah, sorry. Not a warm pumpkin beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's all I have. That's excellent. I thought this was a great episode, honestly. I this think was, that this was a lot of fun. Good, good energy and good. Uh, I, want, I would love to have talked more about the artwork. I, I just, I really encourage people to go to Dan's um, Instagram to check out his stuff. Yes. It's cool. It's Thank very you. interesting, and it'll give you an appreciation for the artwork on on their uh, cans. Is that all of your work? That's all me. Yeah. It's it's really amazing. Um, Thank you. The the names of the beers. Are a little hard to find, but yeah. but you don't want to take away. And I understand from right. the work. So, mm-hmm. um, but but the the once you know where to find them, they're always on the side. Yeah. You know. Yes. Exactly. So I learned very yeah. quickly. But mm-hmm. I, I I just really appreciate the fact that you get a cool something cool to look at mm-hmm. while you're drinking and contemplating the moon, um, as the amateur uh, philosopher as the, <laughs> yes. would do. <laughs> right. Um, but this has been super fun, and thank you very much for coming out. Uh, hopefully, pleasure, oh. hopefully people – we forgot to say this at the top, but hopefully people will, will hear this and s- decide to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Stitcher. There's something else that we do now. Uh, anchor.fm. Anchor.fm. Is, is another which, one. Yeah, it lets us do cool stuff on Instagram with sound bites of yeah. my voice, yeah. uh, which I found – Disconcerting when I didn't realize you had done it, and I like was flipping through my Instagram, and then my voice started playing oh, through my shit. phone about maple beer. Um, yeah, it's okay. okay. And uh, you can also check out our. We have some behind the scenes stuff we do on DadDrinking.com, where you can also stream the episode if you'd like to do it there. Yeah, absolutely. You can sign up to uh, receive updates from us. I don't know if it actually sends updates, but from time to time, no, I get it does. The, if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, you can they'll, they'll send you at least the latest. Uh, Good. Okay. 
We should get a mailing list going though, or some yeah, some and if, sort of and if, thing. to that end, if you ever have uh, questions for us or you'd like us to feature you on our next guest show, you can reach us at mailbag at daddrinking.com. Is that right? Absolutely. Marcos? That's correct. And um, please subscribe, as I said, and subscribe to Side Project Jerky. Our sponsor at sideprojectjerky.com has now a new subscription service where you can get meat on demand. No doubt. Um, on a regular basis. Holidays are coming up, and you can find Dan and Forested, Maine in Ambler, Pennsylvania. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, the address is Forest and Maine. On the corner? Right on the corner. Yep. There you go. Yep. <laughs> it's a uh, beautiful house from the 1800s, 1900s. 1888. Yeah. yeah, it's an awesome place. The food is great. The beer is unbelievable. They just opened up a new space where they have live music. Mm-hmm. It's uh, more of a bar situation. They have a comedy night. We do, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Tomorrow night. Can I get involved in that? Sure, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I'll hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy. Uh, but in all seriousness, we, we really can't thank you enough for coming out. These beers are unbelievable, guys. Check them out. Um, any any parting any parting words? Any wisdom to, any to wisdom. bestow? Don't be afraid of warm beer. Um, do be afraid of pumpkin beer. <laughs> and thank you for having me on. You're welcome, man. Thanks, honor. guys. All right. Till next time. See you then. Bye. Bye.